One of the best parts of being married is that you get to share everything, which also happens to be one of the worst parts of being married. I'm using my wife's computer and my wife's microphone to record this week's podcast. So I still haven't come up with a theme for the podcast yet, but I'm going to do the thing where I play a little bit of music and I'll think of something probably in the next couple seconds. Hit the music. All right, now that we got the music out of the way, I feel like I've got a good format going, so I don't want to mess with it. Um, hey, welcome back to uh, this thing that I'm doing. I uh, know it's been a couple weeks. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, having a pregnant wife has been interesting for my pregnant wife and uh, leaves me with next to no time to do anything. So tonight she's working. And I got out early, which is really rare for me. Normally, I'm at work right up until we close the store, at least to the sales floor. Um, so I was like, on my way home, you know what I haven't done in a while? Let me hop on here and make one of these little podcast things. Because, you know, I've been trying to record one for two weeks and I just couldn't think of anything to record. And then it dawned on me that there's always stuff to talk about. And I don't always need to do research. I can literally just hop on here and ramble for a couple minutes. And at least I've done the thing. So, yeah, I've <laughs> I've been watching the um, January 6th proceedings. And I realized that the January 6th proceedings are not going to do anything to convince people who already believe nothing happened or aren't aware of what happened on January 6th, that any punishment should be handed out. I realized this for two reasons. One, I talk to people at work all day long, and I try really hard not to talk about politics. So I'm not talking about my coworkers. I'm talking about the people that come into the store. I try really hard not to speak with them about politics. I don't hear anyone speaking about the January 6th sessions, as I'm going to call it, the January 6th investigations. There's, there's nobody talking about it. I, I don't hear anyone coming in being like, did you hear what happened in today's proceedings? The only things that I hear about are when I look on Reddit or when I look at my Facebook feed. Or when I, you know, stumble on MSNBC.com, CNN.com, um, definitely not FoxNews.com. That's weird, though, right? Anyway, um, and and I see on these pages like people saying, "Oh, you know, um, it's clearly a setup. Uh, the government is trying to." frame these people or i read a whole story you know 300 words or so about how like yeah it's hard it's hard for me to sit here and talk about the january 6th insurrection when it doesn't seem like anyone actually cares and no one's actually going to do anything and i always 
make the joke at work. Oh man, someone should do something when I'm the someone who can do something. Any one of us could do something. But this time I really feel like it's just a show. Like they're just putting on this this show to prove that, you know, they did bring all this evidence up and nothing nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to change. We're still going to have to worry about the midterm elections. And the main reason why I'm bringing all this up is because I actually just got my mail-in ballot today uh, from the state of Florida for the August primaries, which I'm not going to lie, I didn't think that we were going to get them. Uh, We put in a request two years ago during the pandemic. Apparently, we're grandfathered in. So if we want a mail-in ballot after this year, we will have to jump through flaming hoops, set off some smoke signals, um, send a carrier pigeon, put a stamp on an envelope, drop it into an actual mailbox. Just the amount of ridiculousness that they went through to make sure that we can't vote by mail, which Florida had one of the best vote by mail programs available because you could ask for it online and then drop it back in the mailbox. You didn't have to take it to the um, registrar of voters. That's what I'm trying to say. My brain isn't really working right now because I just worked a nine and a half hour shift during a crazy season at work. Um, yeah, that's that's just it. So I'm I'm ultra confused, and I'm I'm reading over the the primary sheet. I know it's just basically we're picking candidates for governor and candidates to run for Senate and House of Representatives and State House and State Senate and judges and all that stuff. But I'm just super confused because I don't. I haven't been paying attention. That's my fault. I mean, 100% my fault. I've been so busy with life, as most of us are, that it gets really, really hard to try to figure out, like, who do you vote for? And just picking the least white name on the list isn't going to help, because that's literally how I've been voting down here in Florida. I try to pick the people whose names aren't like John Brown and like Jim Davis and, you know, Matt Parker. And just, you know, I try to pick the opposite of those names when I find people. So why? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Because I feel like Florida has enough crazy white people in it and um, I don't want to contribute to the problem anymore. And especially if I notice their name isn't in the currently in office position, I feel like, why not? Just mix it up a little. Let's give some other people a chance to, I don't know, try to give us some new ideas. I mean, after all, like pizza was brought here after World War II. If it wasn't for American GIs going into Italy during World War II, we wouldn't have pizza. They wouldn't have brought it back with them because they wouldn't have ever experienced it. So in a roundabout way, I guess we can thank Mussolini for pizza. That's a weird thing and kind of Hitler, but we don't thank him for anything um, because Fanta and Volkswagen aren't things to thank people for. Um, Yeah, so even though Fanta is an American invention and we'll cover that on another episode. Oh, yeah. So topic, I... I realize I've been rambling for almost eight minutes and I uh, I still don't know what the hell I'm talking about. There's been too much going on. Um, 
10 year olds getting raped and impregnated and like not being allowed to have abortions in the state that they were in. And then people who were against abortion suddenly coming out for abortion when it's for a 10 year old that's been raped by apparently an illegal immigrant. Fuck you. I'm just going to get that out of the way. Um, yep. I said it. Don't care. Uh, if you think that that's how that works, you, you're, you're clearly, <laughs> you're clearly showing what it actually is that you want to happen in the world. And we're not here for that. So, uh, yeah, you can go ahead and, uh, have, as the kids say, have all the seats because that's not what we're here for. Um, I watched an exchange where a member of the house of representatives was asking someone is a 10 year old capable of carrying a baby and should, is a, is a 10 year old capable of choosing to carry a baby? And I watched this woman try to explain that an abortion can be performed if a life is in danger and not say anything at all about whether or not a 10 year old girl should be carrying a child. Um, because you know, as, as you know, uh, 10 year olds aren't at the age of consent in any state in the United States at 10, eh, 16, 14, depending on where we are. Yeah. But, um, at 10, so yeah. And the only reason that it picked up any kind of traction in anywhere in the world on the other side is because they were more enraged at the fact that it was potentially an illegal immigrant that was doing the raping. So, golly gee willikers, I think you put your hoods on backwards. The was a clan reference in case I didn't, uh, yeah, it was a little ham-fisted, I know. Um, it's kind of hard to tell jokes when there's no audience, so I'm doing my best. Wow. Um, God. What, what is going on? I love, I love reading the, uh, well, you know, as your president has caused inflation, uh, as your president has caused the gas prices to, uh, as your president has made it so that if this man had like a fifth of the power to control these things, you thought he did. The president doesn't set prices for Coca-Cola. He doesn't set prices for a gallon of gasoline. He doesn't set prices for furniture. He doesn't control that. Companies control that. Coca-Cola decided it was going to be more expensive to make Coca-Cola. Your favorite furniture store decided it was going to be more expensive to sell you that table. Your gasoline companies decide how much the cost of gas is. And that one's an easy one. Gas was above $120 a barrel. Okay, makes sense. They're going to charge us a little more. Gas goes below $100 a barrel. Uh, still going to be 4 bucks a gallon. How the fuck does that even work? How does that even work? It's been a, below $100 a gallon, and it's never been at $4 a gallon. And I'm in Florida. I can't imagine if somebody's at California or New York listening to this, and y'all are paying probably close to $5 a gallon still. But I'm sure it was over $6 a gallon at one point, so this is like the greatest break in the world. I'm beginning to think just now that everyone's understanding of 
what they're hearing and what they're seeing stops and starts with what they're being told to hear and see. And that is a huge, huge problem in our country. That's a massive issue. So I think uh, media bias training is an important topic. There we go. Look at that. Only took me about 12 minutes to figure this out. Media bias training. What is media bias training? Well, the first thing we need to establish is that the newspapers and journalism in general are codified, codified in the United States Constitution under the First Amendment. The freedom of the press shall not be infringed. It's, it's in there with the other stuff, the freedom of speech, right? Freedom of religion, freedom of speech is all that very First Amendment. And they put it in there first for so many, so, so many reasons. But that First Amendment we all want to talk about the Second Amendment. Nobody really ever wants to talk about the Fifth Amendment unless they're on trial. That First Amendment was written to make sure that press can't be influenced by the government. Makes sense. Um, a lot of the colonists at the time were being prohibited from publishing things due to the government that they were under, under the monarchy of Great Britain or England, as it were. Not quite sure where they stand at this point in history because I don't think they become Great Britain for a little while longer. But for all I know, in the 1700s, they were Great Britain. I mean, they might have been great. I don't know. We left them. So how great could they have been? But the founders of the Constitution decided that the best thing to do was to encode in the document Freedom of the press is an important thing. Now, what is freedom of the press? So freedom of the press is basically I, in my capacity as a reporter, which does not exist, but if I were to decide to be one, if I were to decide to be a reporter, my capacity would be that I would just need to prove that I was a reporter, which was very simple. I have a journalism pass. I report for the, you know, butt cheek weekly, uh, local publication based out of central Florida covers all butt cheeks. It's really, really doubles as toilet paper. Um, and I could go to events where the press is allowed to go into, and I could say, hey, I write for this newspaper. Please let me in. And they would say, okay, you can come in here and ask questions. And I could go to a governor's meeting with the press. I could go to anything that was like a press conference or anything like that, just with a simple, hey, I work for this particular press. And then when I went there, I would be free to ask questions at any time of anything I wanted to. For any reason, I can ask questions, right? And the people I'm asking, they could either answer or tell me they don't want to answer. But the point is, is that I would have the freedom as a member of the press to ask those questions. And then when I come back, I could then take those answers and do whatever I wanted with them. <laughs> That's that's the this is the sideways part. So media bias training really is learning that you need to be truthful in journalism, but it's not like a requirement. Like I could go to a press conference for Disney and they could be like, we are absolutely never releasing the Song of the South on DVD. And I can come home and write up a 500 word little blip about how Disney is committed to releasing the Song of the South just not in the next 10 years. And that's, I mean, again, that's not lying. 
because they didn't say they were going to release it. They didn't say they, they said they were never going to release it. But my article is they are not going to release it in the next 10 years. That's a waste of time for me, right? Not if I want to get clicks and ad revenue. I could post something like that. I was at the Disney meeting three months ago. I was there and they told a whole room full of people that they're not going to release it in 10 years. Well, does that mean they will release it? No, they said they weren't going to release it, but I'm just leaving that part out. That, that part's not relevant. I want people to click on my link. And I've jumped into the deep end here. But I've jumped into the deep end with good reasoning because that's literally what happens in the news media now. They do selective editing and they do all of this creative thinking, creative writing, rather than just reporting. Disney reports that Song of the South will never be released. They have no intentions on ever releasing that movie to DVD or to any of the streaming services. Someone will come back and be like, well, they didn't say they... They said they weren't going to, but they didn't say, like, in a time frame. So why don't we reframe it? Why don't we spin it? And that's where we get the term spin from. Political spin. It's where people come and they take the information you've given them and they twist it and they turn it into a different direction. And this is the problem, right? The problem is, is that no one just takes your words at face value and says what you say and says it back to you in the way that you said it. So it's one thing for the president of the United States to say, read my lips, no new taxes. It's another thing for like CNN to say, president agrees to not increase taxes, but is silent on, you know, child abduction matters. Like that wasn't even what the press conference was about, but you're just, yep, you're just throwing shit in there. You're just throwing it out there. And I understand that that's what people get upset about. I get that, but you have to understand one thing about media bias and media coverage in this country is that the media is in and of itself a capitalist arm of a bigger problem. The only reason that you get the garbage stories that you get is because you keep fucking clicking on them. One weird trick to lose belly fat. Click here. Florida car owner pays $1 for insurance. Find out how. Click here. Those kind of clickbaity headlines get clicks, generate revenue, and tell these people we're dumbasses who just click on shit when you don't tell us all the facts. So stop. Like, look, sometimes you're on Reddit. Look in the comments. Someone's already done the work of clicking on it. You're going to find out that they're really just talking about ice cream cones when in actuality you thought it was about car insurance and they were just saying that you can go to you know Baskin Robbins on Tuesdays and get like two scoops for a dollar. It has nothing to do with the, the, the link. And, and, it's, and it's click bait, meaning they're trying to bait you to click on the link so that they get money because anytime an ad plays, much like my podcast... Whenever an ad plays or a banner ad pops up or one of those over the entire page ads comes up, the person hosting that website is getting paid. And that's a lot of ways that like the Orlando Sentinel 
and the Tampa Bay Times and the Boston Globe and New York Times and the Washington other uh, post. There we go. I was trying to think of that one. And the Hartford Current, which I know from growing up, the nation's oldest newspaper. That's a lot of the way that these companies actually get their money now because they can't sell ads the way that you would traditionally where you like, you know, call up the Bob's Furniture Barn. And you're like, hey, Bob, we're trying to run the Sunday special. Uh, you want to? You want to run a full-page ad about how your mattresses are on sale on Labor Day weekend? Ugh, I don't know. You guys charge a lot of money for that. Uh, how much is that going to cost? It doesn't doesn't happen like that anymore. The only people who take out full-page ads in the newspaper? Fucking Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby. Holy God, I was just reading about this the other day. Hobby Lobby takes out a full-page ad for 4th of July talking about how it's a Christian nation. And this isn't even a rage headline. This is literally like the whole ad is just quotes from uni from universal presidents. <laughs> is if it's quotes from presidents, former presidents, current presidents of the United States talking about how God has a big place in this country. And that's that's all well and good. I mean, I don't buy anything at Hobby Lobby personally. My wife, on the other hand, is a little a uh, little more in enticed by them but the point is is that no one buys ads in the newspaper anymore that's not where the kids are the kids are on tiktok bud if you're gonna buy ads anywhere you're gonna run your ads on tiktok and you gotta figure out how to run your ads but the, the, i'm drifting i'm drifting so far from media bias right now it's not even funny media bias it, it's hard to quantify what media bias is sometimes because you are bombarded absolutely bombarded and if you're on any of these social media websites like tiktok like instagram like facebook like reddit you are becoming catered to through an algorithm and this algorithm is a computer program that is actually studying what you're interacting with and trying to cater your 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 news feed what you see what you watch and and cater it to things that get more ad revenue for other companies and so when you are giving that ad revenue away by paying attention to your news feed you are scrolling through, you know, Aunt Brenda's posts and Uncle Charlie's posts. And then there's a pop-up ad for a new Disney Plus series. And then you scroll past that and you see a thing for, you know, your favorite news website for wrestling. And then there's another one from a news website for Walt Disney World. And then there's another ad for Amazon. Every time you scroll through this, you are the product. And you may wonder why am I bringing that up when we're talking about media bias? Well, you see, that data then gets sold back to these companies like Fox and CNN and MSNBC so that they know who to place ads for, like who should they contact in order to put ads on in between their shows. And then they also use 
uh, Nielsen rating boxes, which not as much anymore because you you sign off on when you're doing that with your smart devices now. Um, they used to Nielsen used to pay people to uh, give them feedback in the form of hooking this box up to your television. And then that box would be hooked up to the internet or in older times it would be hooked up to a phone line. And once a night it would just like stream the data back to Nielsen ratings and they would like compile all that data because they would know in your household you have uh, one 32 year old male and one 29 year old female and one three year old male and one six year old female. And they would like go through and try to figure out, okay, well, you know, they're watching Dora the Explorer at five. So that's most likely the kids watching it. And then, you know, kids go to bed at eight. So they were probably watching the news and then they were watching Seinfeld and then they were watching the office and then they would just like gather up all this data and then like sell it back to the networks. And that's how they would figure out who had the highest ratings. And, you know, it's all this big, it's all this big game. Now you do that you give them permission to do that when you like, you know, install a smart device and you tell Vizio it's okay to send random data back to Vizio. Well, Vizio sending that random data back to MSNBC and Fox and ABC News and CBS and everybody who could possibly want it. And all you're doing is just watching TV. You might just be streaming a couple episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants, but you're telling Nickelodeon that you're watching SpongeBob SquarePants and you don't even realize it anymore. And you still don't understand how masks can prevent respiratory diseases. But you're going to tell me you understand everything about how all your devices work. And that's the best part. You don't have to anymore. I mean... Apple does such a great job of telling you that, you know, your data is protected. You don't realize that the apps that are on your phone talk to each other in the background, sometimes because you give them permission and sometimes because the phone is just doing like paying attention to you. Amazing concept. I'm going to explain it to you guys. So I have granted Google access to do this on my phone, but there's no way of telling it doesn't do this when I don't grant it access. So I have Google Maps installed on my phone. And one of the things it asks for is access to location data. So I was like, okay, cool. Google literally tracks where I go and tags the photos where I went. So we were talking, Mel and I, a couple weeks ago, or maybe a couple of days ago, because, you know, time's irrelevant. We were talking a couple of days ago in the past about when was it that we went back to Epcot for the first time after everything closed and then reopened in 2020? I was able to scroll back through the days in July because I knew the park started to reopen in July. And I was actually able to find days that I was near the park and then see if I can match that up with days that they had photographs linked back to what I took while I was in the parks. And we found out that in July, we went to Epcot like towards the end of July. And food and wine festival was going on because she was trying to see if we just mistakenly didn't grab one of the food and wine festival little books. And honestly, it doesn't look like there was one to grab. But the point is, is that the whole time I have been telling Google to track me as I'm going around. How does all of this tie back into media bias? Okay. So the more that you engage with a website, the more they track you, they use things called cookies 
that get installed on your machine, whether you know it or not. They're on everything. They're on your web browsers, on your computer. They're on your phone browsers, on your phone. They're on everything. Anytime you interact with something, a little piece of data gets stored on the computer that can then be accessed by another website saying you went to Fox News and you clicked on an article about Ford Mustangs. Then you went to look at used cars. So now, the next time you go back to Facebook, they're going to see those cookies from Fox News and from you browsing used cars. And they might start suggesting you dodge Durango's. And you may ask why. Well, Dodge may have an ad campaign placed with Facebook to get everything all worked out like that, to get you onto away from a Mustang and into a Dodge Durango. It's not the same thing at all, but hey, that might be what they're paying Facebook for. So imagine that they do that, but now it's with the news. And they don't have to track you across multiple websites because you only go to one website to read your news. You don't look at multiple sources to try to figure out what's going on. You literally just go one place, you click on the articles you click on, you read what you want to read, and that's it. You don't get exposed to any other news stories, even in headline form like you used to when you read Orlando Sentinel or the Hartford Current or the Washington Post. At least on the Washington Post, you get the front line, you know, headline. Truman beats Dewey, which is my favorite headline to quote, or maybe it's Dewey beats Truman. Point is, is that you get the headlines and then you get all these bylines as you flip through the paper. That used to be something we did. We don't do it anymore. We don't flip through the newspaper. We scroll through our phones. We scroll through Facebook. And when our friends share a link to a news article, half the time, or more in some cases, you just read the headline of the article. You don't actually read the substance of what's in it. So if someone posts an article claiming that polar bears are child rapists, There'll be a thousand comments. Kill the fucking polar bears. All polar bears are evil. Let's go to the South Pole and kill the polar bears. I, my grandfather was a polar bear and he would never have harmed a child. That's just not in his makeup. I have a polar bear as a neighbor and those guys are the nicest people. They give us Coca-Cola in the holidays. I've never seen a polar bear even have a kid. So how do we know they're child rapists? And it just goes on and on and on and on. And meanwhile, the likes and engagements and counts and story plays. And if there's a video, all that data gets sent right back to the company that posted the news article. So they can see, hey, if we post more polar bear shit. We're going to get rich. And then all you start to see is polar bear stuff all over your favorite news sites. And I don't know about you, but I honestly couldn't tell you the last time I actually went to CNN.com, but I get linked to CNN.com at least twice or three times a day through various, you know, news aggregators that I use now, like Reddit and um, Facebook is one of them. And I get linked back to these websites, but I don't go searching for them, like pull up my computer and I'm like, mm, 
what's on uh, MSNBC, what's on Fox News. I just want to see what the news is like. I don't do that. I even get suggested those websites from Google Chrome now. When I open up Chrome on my phone, it gives me a list of suggested places for me to go. What do they call it? The um, discover part. And right now, my discover part's filled with McDonald's news, pro wrestling news, uh, an article about Tom Holland and the Spidey universe. There's something from a website that covers the theme parks. There's a thing about the Terminator movies in chronological order. Uh, there's something about Slash and Led Zeppelin. Like, and this is all stuff that I have that just because I like I visit some of these websites, I get I get these I get these pop-ups, not really pop-ups, but like as I scroll down here, I got I got all of these just these things that say, hey, click on this. This is a news article you might like. And I'm like, yeah, well, the vast majority of those headlines are things I might like. I'm not going to sit there and read about Dwayne The Rock Johnson getting knocked out by some other UFC fighter. Or I don't, I don't need any of that information. Now that's useful. I barely even want to know the stuff about the January 6th committee. So media bias is an important thing to discuss when we start discussing how the policies of the United States are being affected. Because if one company can control all of the news that you see, it's quite Orwellian in nature in that they don't ever have to talk to you about the bad stuff or whatever they perceive as bad stuff. They never have to discuss that because they can just keep showing you the rage-inducing stuff that keeps you addicted to watching and reading their news. Like if, I don't know, hypothetically, there were a lot of fervor currently over how people are doing child trafficking and a certain website while the January 6th proceedings were going on were to just start randomly placing pop-ups, not pop-ups, but just randomly start placing articles up there about how child trafficking child trafficking is getting to be a big problem in the state of Texas, then the people who would benefit the most from seeing these hearings are busy on these websites clicking on these articles because they know that they don't need to report what's currently going on to those people. They can keep them distracted and keep them engaged with content that keeps them full of anger Rather than, did you know that a United States senator ran out of the building on January 6th after throwing his support to the people that were about to storm the building he was going into? He ran out of the building to protect himself from the rioters and the insurrectionists that were breaking windows to get into the building. You wouldn't know that because of media bias right now. You wouldn't know that because that was part of the hearings that one particular news organization opted out of covering. I don't, I don't understand 
genuinely don't understand how we let things get to this place here where it's okay to have two totally different versions of what happens in the world all the time and that the news has to be catered to your particular flavor of politics like it's not enough that your president did something bad is a bad person does bad things it has to be he's on our team so we're gonna back him up no matter what if he's out there killing polar bears and gosh gosh darn it he's my guy you know because polar bears are rapists from earlier they're like jaw molesters in this in this universe of my podcast tonight so of course that means if he's out there, you know, murdering polar bears that are child rapists, he's definitely my guy. But there's no evidence that he's actually out there doing that. Just somebody put out a story that didn't quite say he was, but didn't quite deny that he was either. You know, like he's not, but he might be. Media bias is an insane theory. It is propagated by the companies who stand to benefit the most, just like everything else. It is fueled by capitalism and it continues to wreak havoc on our nation as a whole because we are virtually powerless to stand up against it. Your Aunt Betty can't stop watching Fox News because Fox News constantly puts stuff out there that makes her want to continue to watch Fox News. And if you tell your Aunt Betty that Fox News is bad, she thinks that you're attacking her politics, which then stops her from wanting to do anything. And she doesn't need to open her eyes. You need to open your eyes. You're the one that's getting fed lies. I'm watching the fair and balanced stuff. They wouldn't lie to me. They wouldn't possibly keep things from me because they are fair and balanced. I mean, after all, Brando's got what plants crave. And they're being marketed to. And then they're going to turn around and accuse us of being marketed to because that's what they do. You deflect. You accuse you reverse victim and offender. That's a thing called Darvo. Look that up sometime. D-A-R-V as in Victor, O as in Oscar. Look that up on your own time. That is a classic thing that people do. They don't have to take accountability for their actions because they can deflect, they can accuse, and they can reverse the victim and offender. And it works every time and people buy into this shit. The ex-president was a master of that. He was good at doing that because that's how people made. Oh, I feel so much better when he does that. I don't I don't want to be held accountable for my actions. That's icky. I don't like that feeling. Why would I want if people people use the term white people? Yeah, I'm a white people. I get it. Hey, what's up? I'm a white people. I'm not your white people, though. Please don't come to me and think that we're the same person. We're not cut from the same cloth. We don't come from the same background. You don't know anything about me except how I look. I promise you, we have not lived the same experience. Your experience as a white people is not the same as my experience as a white people. And that's not to say that we don't have experiences that should be talked about. 
I didn't enjoy the benefits of being a white person growing up. I'm still a white person. I still get out of a lot of shit for being a white person. I have never once been threatened in a police traffic stop. That's an example of one. I don't get pulled over and instantly go, holy shit, they're going to fucking kill me. I don't have that thought. I think, man, I hope the cop's having a good night because he could just, you know, write me a ticket for, you know, he thought he saw me blow a stoplight and there's just, there's just there's shit I can do about it. But I don't ever think about, man, you know, if I get pulled over and that cop's having a bad day, he, he might put a gun to the back of my head and that's going to be the end of it. But I promise you, white folks, my experience as a white folks is not the same as yours. Don't even think it is. It's not anywhere near yours. Food stamps. Reduce school lunch. <laughs> no dad growing up. You want to throw some stereotypes out there. I promise you. My experience is nowhere near the classic white people experience. But the funny part is the classic white people experience isn't even the classic white people experience for a lot of us white folks either anymore. We're all products of the state in some form or fashion. I'll get into that in another podcast. How is possible to have minorities in this country? But the majority still think the minorities take advantage of everything. That's a whole other episode. I may actually make that my next episode. But for this episode, media bias. So in the short version of media bias, it's imperative to you, dear listener, to find a variety of sources for your news. To think that just one website has the inside track on everything is inaccurate. I mean, again, I'm a pro wrestling fan. I don't just go to one website to learn about pro wrestling news. I do lots of stuff. I haven't watched a pro wrestling show in its entirety from start to finish since probably 2020. So it's been almost two years. And before that... I mean, that would have just been a pay-per-view at that. I haven't watched like a Monday Night Raw or an AEW Dynamite or a New Japan Pro Wrestling in a long time, but I keep up with the product. I like knowing what's going on. I like knowing the kids that are coming up in the system right now, those 20-year-olds that are coming out of high school and learning how to climb ropes and beat each other up in front of thousands of people or dozens of people to start because you got to start somewhere. I like keeping up with it, but I don't just go to insideprowrestling.com, which if that's a website, you're welcome. I just gave you a plug. You can go ahead and just send me a check, you know, like a dollar. It's cool. Just Venmo me or, or message me. I'll, I'll, I'll set you up. But I don't just go to one website, nor do I go to WWE.com or AEW.com or NJPW.com to find all of my info. If I want to know what's going on, I hop on Reddit. I go on to, you know, prowrestling.net. I go on to any of a variety of other places where I can find out, oh man, why is everybody so mad at Vince McMahon today? Well, if you didn't know, Vince McMahon, 77 years old next month, has stepped down as the chairman and CEO of World Wrestling Entertainment after 40 years in the business. Man was three years younger than me and took over a multinational company but he didn't take over a multinational company. He took over a business that primarily existed on the East Coast of the United States and turned it into a multinational company. Back on topic, media bias. So why is it so important, you may ask, 
why is it so important that you get your news from various sources? And the answer to that is because not every news source has your best interest at heart. There is actually a product being sold to you every time you click on a news ad. And I'm not just talking about Dukalax. Dukalax. I'm not just talking about Metamucil. I'm not just talking about the best part of waking up is coffee in your cup. Not, I'm not talking about any of that. I am talking about the actual article that you are reading is a product that's being sold to you. And the reason it's a product that's being sold to you is because the news article itself gets all kinds of data back to the company that made it. So the author and the newspaper that you're reading and even the article, wherever you found the article, they get all this data from the link that gets provided to you. They get the who shared it and what browser were they using and what time did they share it? And is there any other information that could be matched up with them at the time that they shared it? Like, do we know that it's a 38 year old male that lives in Augusta, Georgia? Do we know that it's a 42 year old soccer mom that lives in, you know, Billings, Montana? Like how, what kind of information do they get? They get all kinds of information. And depending on the cookies that are on your computer, all that information could be talking back to the New York Times. So that free article they're giving you might actually give them a lot more money than it would ever get in a subscription because they're going to find out what their readers are doing and how they're clicking on things. And this is not to say that you shouldn't read news articles on the internet. That's not it at all. The Rockefellers would kill people, literally murder more people to have the information that the New York Times has right now on most of its readers. The Hearst conglomeration would have like decimated a planet to get the information that you give WJBF every time you click on a news article from them. WRDW, um, WABC New York, KABC LA, they would kill back in the day, 50, 60, 70 years ago when television first started, they would kill to have the data that they have now. And they can sell things and they can target things so precisely if you don't believe me, get yourself one of those cool antennas that'll set you back about 15 bucks at your local Target or Walmart. You know, the old school rabbit ears ones. And I want you to take those antennas, screw them into your HD TV, let it run an auto scan. And whatever the first local channel you get, whether it's ABC, CBS, Fox News. Fox News isn't on there. <laughs> Fox CBS, ABC, NBC, whatever you get. Forgive me. I sneezed and I'm not editing that out. I just don't want to sneeze in the microphone. Anyway, whatever those four channels you get, put it on during prime time. Watch the shows and make a note of what kind of commercials pop up. Just make a note. And I'm telling you that because... You have probably watched a show or two that comes out in prime time on various platforms. Peacock, uh, what else? We got Disney Plus, you got Amazon Prime, you've got Netflix, you've got all these lovely streaming services, which ironically, you end up paying a combined cable fee a month if you have everything, but that's not the point. 
But on these streaming services, you are watching these shows and you are keyed into a demographic. Your demographic data is provided to the whatever it is provider anytime they want it. They usually give them out a couple times a year. But your demographic data is submitted virtually on your behalf to HBO. You watch that show from HBO on Netflix, it goes to HBO. And HBO knows women between the ages of 19 and 24 are most likely to watch the L word. So if you were ever to put on HBO reruns, hypothetically, and the L word were playing on like the CW or something like that, you would see ads targeted to 19 to 24 year olds. When you watch the news, you tend to see ads targeted to a slightly wider swath. But even still, it's mostly people aged 40 and up. There's going to be car accidents. There's going to be car sales commercials. There may be one or two heart pill commercials. There may be one or two cholesterol commercial pills, medications, you know, daycare centers, uh, public transit commercial might add air once or twice. But the whole point in the media bias is you are being catered to and then you are catering to the media by what you watch and what you listen to and what you do. And all of that data gets stored back somewhere and gets sold to people who ask for it. So you go in and you're like, hey, I want to know a lot about the people that did this. Anyone can access this stuff with the right amount of money. You can you can go to Spotify and you can ask for, uh, give me a cross section of everyone who listens to Metallica, Megadeth, and Britney Spears, and they can tell you the average listeners that listen to all three of those. And then if those are the people you want to target with ads, here's how you're going to do that, and here's how much it's going to cost. Facebook's targeting ads too. And they're doing all of this because you are the product. If something is free on the internet, like Facebook is, like Instagram is, you're the product. You are. So when you are the product and they have to keep you engaged, the media bias is going to come into play. It doesn't mean swear off your favorite social media. It doesn't mean log out of Facebook, log out of Reddit, delete your Instagram, delete your TikTok. But I did save TikTok for last. I am an avid fan of TikTok. I will not lie about that for a second. My wife does this thing I like to refer to as curating TikTok for me. So a couple months back, I found a baby hippo video. I've been obsessed with baby hippos. This amazing. When they're little, they bite you, they chomp, and they can't bite very hard because they're babies. So when they bite you, it kind of looks like a Muppet biting something because, again, their teeth aren't well deformed. Well deformed. <laughs> teeth aren't well formed. Anyway, so baby hippo chomps are like my favorite videos to watch because how often do you get to see baby hippo chomp on a human, right? That's not the point. The point is TikTok is doing the shadiest shit of all time. <laughs> and it's so shady that the Federal Communications Commission has recently been recommending people delete TikTok from their phones. And that is not something that they've done in a very long time. I think the last time they made that suggestion, believe it or not, was way back when Vine was a thing. 
But I'm going to take a quick break, talk about something near and dear to my heart, and then I'm going to come back and wrap it up with why TikTok's bad. But sit still for a minute. I want to talk to you about something. All right. Now that I got that off my chest. Um, so TikTok is an amazing website. I think it brings people together and they just increase their videos to three minutes. I think that TikTok is going to do things that Facebook and YouTube could have only dreamed of doing when they were younger. And now they're getting a little outdated and the younger generation is finding out that like their grandparents are on Facebook. So why the fuck they want to be on Facebook and it's all good. Like every generation should have their own access to social media. Facebook's going to be 20 or is over 20 years old soon. If not already, I feel like Facebook was 2001, 2002. Um, so at 20, it's showing signs of age. Like it literally just caters to older folks who aren't already over on parlor and <laughs> people that didn't leave for truth social and God, there's all these social media websites. I haven't even, me, we websites I haven't even talked about yet because like, I don't even want to throw oxygen their way. There you go. I said their names. You want to look into them. May the odds be ever in your favor. May the force fucking be with you. Um, but the, the, the TikTok thing, TikTok. So TikTok has got some pretty like weighted accusations thrown at it lately. Apparently TikTok is not doing the things that they are asking permission to do. So like, for instance, when I was talking earlier about how like when you visit this website, they put a cookie and then it just, TikTok doesn't give a shit what you tell it it can or can't do. TikTok does not care. TikTok is recording everything you're doing and allegedly sending all that data back to some servers in China, which doesn't sound, it sounds scary, but like, I mean, let's be real. Some of the Apple stuff served up, saved on servers in China too. So I don't really buy in the whole argument about, oh, servers in China. That's not the thing I'm worried about. The thing I am worried about is all of the other things that it tries to get access to on your phone <laughs> that you may not have any clue that it's doing. It's got your location data. It gets into geographical data. It gets into your phone records. It attempts to get access to your voicemails. It gets access. And this is like, I'm not even making this up. This is legit from an article I'm going to post in the description of this. So you can understand that like, I really wish a lot of this I was just pulling out of my ass, but it looked like TikTok does such bad shit on your phone that the FCC is like, hey, if you have it installed, you should probably uninstall it. And I'm sitting here with TikTok installed on my phone like I would if I were bored, which I'm not because I'm recording this podcast and you guys are just such great listeners. You make me feel so good. But if I were bored. I would bust out TikTok and clear through. My wife's probably sent me at least five extra videos in the last couple hours. She does that all the time. She sends me baby hippo videos and we share horrible recipe videos where they like turn an empty bottle of Coca-Cola into a jello thing. Or like someone will turn cinnamon toast crunch into pancakes and then like top it with a fried egg and then like it's, it's just we, we send dumb stuff back and forth to each other all the time on TikTok. But apparently the TikTok app itself is horrible and does horrible things. And it, it can be 
pretty overwhelming when you realize that it it's being accused of being a surveillance tool um like several websites i am i this is this goes back to media bias several websites cnn cnbc bloomberg um fcc.gov the fcc themselves cbs news they are being told by the fcc Apple and Google are being asked and de- demanded basically by FCC commissioner to take TikTok off their stores. It is insane. It, TikTok's parent company is called ByteDance. And apparently non-public data about the United States TikTok users has been accessed by the employees of that parent company, ByteDance. Um, and then they come out and say TikTok collects less data than many of our peers. ByteDance employees in Beijing have repeatedly accessed sensitive data that TikTok has collected from Americans, which allows users to carry share. I'm just reading through this article, but like basically their whole argument is that Chinese people, the Chinese government could potentially know everything that's going on and this is president last guy tried to ban the app but you know you can't do that with an executive order that's not a thing um (laughs) but um back in back in july or excuse me back a year ago in june 2021 um president biden tried to replace the ban with an executive order that asked for a government review of foreign-owned apps and whether they pose any security risks. And basically, it's just a bunch of craziness, and they're accusing TikTok of misrepresenting the way data gets accessed by employees and whether or not Chinese the Chinese company and employees in China have access to U.S. data and what data they've had access to. And it's just, it's a hilarious app, but it's just an example of like, you know, this is this is probably some saber rattling from the United States government. That's not really all that shocking because, you know, anytime data comes out that a foreign government is attempting to do something You know, our government loses its collective mind for a couple of weeks. And this is something that the FCC is clearly trying to make better. But they're not too good at it because it's the FCC. I mean, after all, they can't even stop. um, They can't even stop Howard Stern from, you know, saying cuss words on over the air radio. And now he's on satellite radio and they definitely can't stop them from doing it there. So anyway, point in all of this is that media bias is inherently bad. It creates bigger divisions in our country and it perpetuates problems that we thought were going away at the beginning of the Trump administration, but have actually gotten far worse as we've gone into the Biden administration, because it is more important again for your team to be winning 
than your team being America to be winning because that's the team you should fucking be worried about is America. You shouldn't be worrying about the Democrats or the Republicans because that's not America. They are Americans, but they are not America as you know it. They are two parties, political parties, that I don't wrap my entire identity up in. I don't fly a flag of a former president or a current president on my car or in my window or anywhere that I would otherwise be associated with political parties because my political identity is not who I am. I'm also not an employee of a retail operation. I work there, but that's not who I am. I'm a devoted husband. I'm about to be a father. I have a young child. Young child. It almost sounds like my child is not going to be a newborn when it's born. Smooth move there, X-Lax. Um, I am a brother. I'm a son. I'm an uncle. I've already been an uncle. I am a so it's cousins. I, I'm so many more things than just what I do. And I'm so many more things than whatever political party I'm registered affiliated with. I want my country to do better and be better. And I can't understand why we allow the media to push its biases on us to keep the conversations going in the direction that they've been going in. There was a long, long time ago, the something called the Fairness Doctrine. And the Fairness Doctrine was implemented by the FCC. Um, it was introduced in 1949. And it was a policy that required the holders of broadcast licenses to present controversial issues of public importance and to do so in a manner that fairly reflected different viewpoints. And then in 1987, they just kind of were like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Um, yeah, so it had two basic elements. It required broadcasters to devote some of their airtime to discussing controversial matters of public interest and to air contrasting views regarding those matters. Stations were given wide latitude as to how to provide contrasting views could be done through news segments, public affairs shows, or editorials. The doctrine did not require equal time for opposing views, but required that contrasting viewpoints be presented. A lot of places and a lot of people can cite that from 1987 until now, it really has what's caused party polarization. I wouldn't say it's the only reason for it. But like you used to have to listen to a, like a both sides argument. There's good people on both sides. When there's Nazis and normal people, the Nazis are good people too. No, that's not how that fucking works. That's not how the argument was made. The argument was made is that you can be for abortion and you can be against abortion, but both sides should be presented to people in an effort to keep the playing field level at all times on all channels. You can't just promote an idea and push it one side or push it to the other side. You have to be fair in your equal time. That's all. And when that gets removed, I mean, again, I was five when that happened. 
So think that I have never truly seen the fairness doctrine in effort in existence in my lifetime, because by the time I can recall watching news broadcasts, I got my news from ABC, CBS, NBC, just like everybody else. The nightly news with Tom Brokaw, the nightly news with Canadian guy whose name I can't remember. Jennings, Peter Jennings. There we go. And ABC. Lord, I would have remembered that eventually. I used to watch Peter Jennings with my grandmother. Um, but these are the people that I remember growing up. And the news was the news. It wasn't, well, today, Republican governor, Gildy McCutty hands. And, and just, man, if there's a guy named that, um, contact me, please. But there's, there's so much work going on behind the scenes of all of these places that understanding how things do end up working and how people can be influenced by things is just insane. It's insane for so many reasons and media bias steers the conversations so often that I remember one time that I had an argument or disagreement with somebody I worked with when I was back at the cable company. And we actually learned that you can use Google to support any argument. I, if, if there's a website out there to support an argument, like oh, I forget what the battle was about specifically. I know it was something Bible related and he being the staunch Christian that he was, and I being the I am constantly questioning everything guy that I am, I remember for everything that I, I sent to him in a message, he sent me back something that directly refuted it. And we would go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and it like never ended. And we both just agreed that like it doesn't matter what what we talk about, that there's always going to be some way to, to, to refute somebody's conversation and and that's fine but we have to get back to a place where i don't want to own a gun but i don't think it's okay for you to not own a gun i just think that maybe there should be some restrictions on it just like i don't think that everyone should do methamphetamines but, like, I mean, I guess if you want to fuck up your life, we should probably have a process in place to, like, you know, support you when that happens. Because, again, I'm far be it for me to decide that meth is not good for you. I don't know your life. I don't think meth is good for anybody. I think that there's a few police officers in the world that can tell you fentanyl is not good for anybody because they're going to tell you if you even so much as look at it, it's going to fuck you up. But I don't necessarily think it's my place to tell you that, like, you shouldn't do drugs. I think it's important that you know what drugs can do to you. And I think it's important that, like, you know, you know how your parents and your your peers feel about things. But ultimately, it's really your choice, and your decision as to how you're going to handle your life when it comes to drugs. So if we're as free as we say we are, why aren't we letting the drug addicts do drugs safely? If they're going to be addicted, they need to be safely addicted. They need to be taken care of. Again, I hear richest country in the world. Anyway, that doesn't have anything to do with media bias, except that there's articles all the time that say, you know, drugs are bad and the war on drugs is the only way to win it. It's like, oh, that's, there's so many other ways to win. <laughs>
we don't need to have a war on everything. We have a war on women all the time. Can we stop fucking doing that? We've had a war on black people. Can we fucking stop that too? Like uh, a war on immigration. Can we can we stop that? That's like a cold war on immigration. Can we stop? Like, why do we have to have a war on everything? Why can't it just be that, like, we got together and we made some decisions and here's how things are going to be? Media bias. It doesn't have a useful function in our society. There are other news organizations outside of the United States that you can get news from that cover things that happen in America. Two good examples, in my professional opinion. BBC, it's a British broadcasting company, and Sky News, which is another British-based. Sky News is actually affiliated with ABC, and a BBC, I can't quite recall if they have an American affiliation, but sometimes they do cover our stuff here, and they report it in that traditional, this is just what happened kind of way, not this is what happened and it's Joe Biden's fault. This is what happened and it's the former president's fault. This is what happened and it's Republican leader Mitch McConnell's fault. Like, it's none of that stuff. It's just, hey, America had this happen today and let's talk about what happened in East Timor. And they just give you the news. I Actually, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to is the BBC One Minute Updates because they give you 60 seconds of news that doesn't always focus on the United States. Sometimes it focuses on countries you may have never heard of, like Tanzania and Kuala Lumpur, which I don't think is a country, but that's not the point. Myanmar's one. There you go. That's an actual place. Media bias is effectively going to destroy and continue to rip at the very fabric and the very seams of the United States. A freedom of the press is very important, but that doesn't mean the press is free to just report whatever the hell they want, whenever the hell they want. We have an important role to play in that by not clicking on garbage and not sharing things that we haven't personally read. And I applaud Facebook's efforts in trying to say, hey, you're about to share something you haven't read, but no one really cares. They just go and share anyway. I don't care. Because polar bears raping kids is, you know, more important than the fact that, A, if you've been paying attention, polar bears live in the North Pole. They don't live near the South Pole. That's where the penguins live. And B, anyone who put an article out about that is just a little mentally challenged. They don't know a whole lot about how things actually work. And that's okay, but it's not okay to claim that you know everything or cite a news article that, you know, literally says polar bears are raping kids when nowhere in the news article does it say that polar bears are raping kids. It actually is talking about how, you know, child abductions are a big deal in the United States and how we need to do better as a society of keeping track of child trafficking and if there's a way to improve um, laws that make it seem as though, you know, people who do this should be convicted, well, then we should make changes to that. And there are some things in this country that both parties get behind instantly. 
But there are some things in this country that like when the media sinks its claws into it and starts to steer the ship in one direction or another, it's kind of hard to understand who it is the ship's like who's the ship who's it for like this union busting stuff that's not for the people by the people and other people that's for the owners that's for the people that aren't you and and mr carlin george carlin's come up a lot in the last few months people bring him up quite a bit and they want to talk about what he said and how it still has relevance to today yeah no shit it still has relevance to today we've done nothing to fix it since the man left it's just gotten worse we're not doing anything to make this any better and ultimately it's on us it is on us as a former president of the united states has said many times in many different speeches he gave we are the people we've been waiting for it is up to us to fix the system. Who are you waiting for to fix the system? Who is it? Who do you think is coming to fix it? If you have ideas and you want to fix it, you need to put those ideas into action. It is not enough to use your voice, says the white guy in Central Florida on a podcast. You must take action. Start with voting. Start with voting. We do baby steps here. I don't kick you in the deep end. Run for something. That website is still very much alive and well. Run for something. Look it up on the Google. You can just run for for school administrator, teach teach parent teacher organization. You can run for the, you know, the guy that runs the board, the school board. You could run for your your local city. Uh, wow, that's an interesting sound coming out of some of the cats here. You could run for local office. You could run for clerk of courts. You could run for anything. You can just run for something. You have a lot more power at the local level than you think, and you can help steer the conversation to media bias time. Because as we're going into that time of the year where family gatherings are going to start to become more frequent, you got uh, Labor Day coming up. And then we're going to hop right into Thanksgiving. And then it's going to be Christmas. And then it's going to be New Year's. Point out times when you see a biased article or something happening. You don't have to be a jerk. But you can say, hey, Aunt Pam. Like, that's very clearly written in a voice that's trying to say that something is happening when it's not. Polar bears don't even live in the South Pole. <laughs> like, it's the little things, the little facts that are inside of it that sometimes it's hard. It's hard for me because, like, Onion articles seem so close to reality at some points that if you've ever been on The Onion, theonion.com, gotta go ahead and give them a big shout out. You should totally check out their website. They have been keeping up like professional championship heavy hitters on a baseball team. Like they are that number four spot. They are those that that heavy swinger you want to bring out all the time in the batting lineup because they are just crushing it with some of their articles over the last few years. 
Just when you think it's not satirical enough out there, they find ways to make it even better. And there are articles I have shared from them in the past that people comment on like, there's no way, that's so wrong, that can't possibly, it's not a real article, it's not happening, I don't know why you're getting mad. If you clicked on the link, you'd even know it wasn't a real article, but you just went with the headline, Polar Bears Raping Kids. Which, if that's not an article on The Onion, you're welcome to run with it. I appreciate it. I just gave you a way to get like 250 words out on something, and uh, just do your thing, guys. I really appreciate you listening in. I know it's been a couple weeks off for me. I promise I'm going to get a little bit more regular about doing this, but I should actually formulate some kind of a schedule so that you'll know when I'm going to take time off like one of your favorite television shows. So I'm going to be back for a couple weeks here. We'll try to get one of these out Sundays slash Wednesdays, depending on what happens. Hey, I might even do a second one this week. Who knows? Probably not. But if I do, I'll post it up here and you'll know about it when it happens. In the meantime, don't do your research. Don't don't do your research. Look into things. Look into media bias. Find out ways that you can help steer the conversation away from media bias. Because if you or a loved one is only getting their news from one source, it's just lazy in this day and age. <laughs> you have a device in your pocket. At any moment, you can summon a car to drive you to the other side of town. Literally, 2 a.m., you need to go on the other side of town. You can just go in there, download an app, hit a button, and someone will pull up and be like, are you John? He's like, yeah, dude, I'm heading to Walmart, even though it's closed. But you can't be bothered to confirm whether or not that article you're about to share is real, never mind, contains accurate information. You rely on Facebook to do that for you. That's not how that works. It's on us to do work. And the lowest common denominator stuff that's been going on in this country for the last few years is not helping. I don't like explaining to people constantly how to do things and why they should do them. There is no intellectual curiosity anymore. We don't just have, wow, I wonder how that works. Is there a way to do this better? How could I possibly learn more about this? It's just, I just want my phone to work. I don't care if you have to switch it off and back on or factory data reset it. Because when you hand it back to me and all the settings are gone, I'm going to be mad that you had to reset everything and I got to reset everything else. And where's my backup? And it's exhausting for all the conveniences that we have. We still don't have everything conveniently located so thank you so incredibly much for listening to me blabble on for the last few minutes i always appreciate you listening and paying attention and just letting this play in the background if that's all you've done um i'll be back again within a few days i'll have something new to ramble on about and in the meantime, check out the show's description where I have listed links to a couple articles for things that I talked about before, including the FCC Fairness Doctrine article that's on Wikipedia, which is where I read that little blip from, 
as well as the news article about Google and Apple removing things from the FCC that I have linked from CBS News. I will be back in a future episode. I hope you'll be tier two and just be good to one another. Thank you again so, so much for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. Bonus minutes. What's up? Uh, funny story. I realized earlier my geography is really rusty and um, I talked about Malaysia. Hilariously enough, Kuala Lumpur is the capital of Malaysia, just in case you didn't know. So I figured I'd jump in and give you a little bonus that I know that now because I looked it up. And also the polar bear story that I keep referencing, that's actually a reference to something else. Um, yeah, it's it's... There's a lot to it. Um, there are a few articles out there <laughs> that you can find throughout the internet where um, some parents in a Russian area were scared to send their children to school after polar bears like invaded them. And then there's a bunch of other articles about polar bears killing dad who's protecting kids and then there's just all these articles about polar bears out there um you know mixed in with actual like rapists and things like that but there's just been so much going on that <sighs> please stop getting your news from one source if there's anything to take away from this week's episode i really want you to expand your horizons and uh, also watch Orville, New Horizons on Hulu. <laughs> I'm plugging a TV show. I'm not even getting paid for it. I'll be back in a little bit. You'll be right here. Because if you're not, then I'll be really sad. And I need listeners. And I appreciate you listening. Until next we meet again. Be safe. Take care. <laughs>